Greg Dutch sitting across me. Greg, what's going on, dude? Not much, man. I love keeping this conversation from last week going. That's right. So, <laughs> you know, so just to just to give the feel of the continuation, we didn't have our signature sign off. No, we didn't have our signature. These go to eleven. That's right. Um, so, you know, this is a true continuation, jumping right into our topic of mm. what are things that pastors should can, can can I be frank here should just shut up about yes yes well if i may start and draw first blood on this one steve i i um now all this all these weeks of thinking about it i'm thinking how to lead into it but i um i'll just say uh, the reverend kevin DeYoung, mm. he's come up on this podcast once or twice before all my caveats out there i love said, you kevin yes a a, a book kevin <laughs> brother that I have given out um, more than almost any uh, over the last several years. That little book he has, practical book called Just Do Something on the Will of God, is mm-hmm. great. Great, wise book. Um, so, I mean, I'm public about this. I've been disappointed in Kevin DeYoung for some time. Ever since he wrote that book, The Hole in Our Holiness, uh, I'd love to sit down with that dude. I've, we, you know, we've invited yeah. him on the on, on this podcast before, mm-hmm. and I understand. You know, we're we're kind of small potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if he if he ever wanted to, maybe one of our listeners has a way. I'd love to talk to him. Bright guy, sharp guy. Um, he, uh, man, he he's put some things out there that just don't sit right with me. I, you know, I just say that. And I I'm sure I put out things that don't sit right with with folks. But he wrote a letter. Uh, back before Christmas, which we came very close to discussing, but we decided not to based on our podcast schedule. And our current state of mind. Yes, exactly. And now we had to calm down first. Yeah, I, and I'll say it. I did have to calm down. It was a letter, uh, an open letter kind of to Christians and even pastors and leaders. That's the part that really stuck with me. To um, those churches that have unwisely, uh, dare I say unbiblically, uh, scrapped their Christmas Day services, which fell on Sunday at the end of 2016, um, in favor of whatever, having their Christmas Eve service kind of stand in the stead of that Sunday service uh, or just not having services that weekend, um, were really doing something wrong. And uh, what bothers me about that on a number of fronts is not, honestly, not his opinion. Because to me, that's just a debatable issue. You're welcome to your opinion. Uh, Absolutely. And as a pastor, which he is, working with an eldership team, which he does, he has every right to work that out, teach his people, walk them through it, say why they're doing what they're doing and why why it's open. To me, it was out of bounds Mm. to step out in kind of to the larger world Knowing full well that lay Christians are in churches where their leadership teams have made different decisions. By the way, I forget where I saw it. Was it did Gospel Coalition put it up? They did. Yeah, I think it that's was, where I saw it. It was a Gospel Coalition, which you know mm-hmm. they put up opinion pieces. I mean, yeah. I, I, eventually that's what all blogs. Well, I'm just thinking, how broad was the reading? Very broad. Very Gospel broad. Coalition. Oh yeah, yeah. Very. I mean, one of the most respected, you know, kind of reformed, centrist evangelical groups out there. And, um, you know, even the parts in the article where, uh, you know, it's not too late, even if you already announced it. So I, I was telling you guys before we went online, I won't rehash the whole story, but I know there are some churches where that pastors are like, hey, thanks a lot, Kevin, mm-hmm. because we had walked our people through this. Then you come along a few weeks before Christmas, kind of get, you know, pretty high, fired up, charged about this. And I'm of the opinion that uh, he shouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. because um, observation a friend of mine made recently, uh, there's there's history to it. Interesting, it kind of shows another related issue. In, in the old days, where did people go to for guidance on maybe debated matters? Typically, it was maybe a denominational thing. Mm-hmm. You would say, hey, what do the leaders of our denomination think? H- how do we, if there's a presbytery, if there's some kind of uh, group of people that mm-hmm. kind of weigh in on these matters and we look to for guidance, uh, that's long gone. You know, that even in denominational churches, that's rare. And one guy I know argues that in the kind of dissolution of denominational authority, what what has supplanted it? Christian celebrityism. Yeah. Mm. Ask Pastor John. Mm. Yeah. What does Rev Kev think about this? What does John Piper think about how we bury people? What mm. does Kevin DeYoung think about whether or not we have services on Christmas Day or not? Uh, so in the absence of that denominational authority, we now go to rabbi stacking. 
Mm. Hey, what is you know what does this famous pastor say? With a big church, with big book contracts, what does this guy say? Um, and I, I got to tell you again, I want to be very clear to our Sabbatarian brothers. I'm not a Sabbatarian, uh, and if I can say one thing, I don't think reformed Sabbatarians are reformed enough. I don't think De Young was Sabbatarian either, was he? In that article, well, that's the thing. It was. I thought it was a, a scant biblical references. Yes, it it was very just about zero. Just kind of his opinion. Yes, um, and it was presented in a very ex- exhortational kind of way mm-hmm. that this is what we should this do. What you should do. And I would just say uh, my take on the Sabbath, I'm a Hebrews 4 guy. I ultimately think the Sabbath is fulfilled in the person of Jesus, that we've entered into that rest. Me too. So to me, to focus on a day is is not even going anywhere near far enough. I one time told a Reformed OPC guy that who did not like that. I said he wasn't Reformed enough. But I stick by that. Uh, so Joe Thorne, we love you, man. Think you're wrong on this issue, and you think I'm wrong on this issue. I can live with that. But this absurd judging of other churches that made decisions carefully, thoughtfully, prayerfully, because it violates your uh, gray area uh, conviction on this issue to the point that you feel confident enough to speak up to the church as if it's the deity of Jesus or as if it's the the integrity of the gospel being jeopardized, man, just really gets my goat. Can, can you guys tell him all right? <laughs> Am I too red-faced here, <laughs> you know, fellas? I'm surprised you're still seated. But I know. Because the mic's down there. Isn't yes, it? yes. But I um, – ooh, a lot of issues there. But I was uh, bothered by it um, because I do think it's for each church to walk through that. Um, and to me, to just put something out there like that, didn't dig it. Yeah. 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 Totally agree. I think each church has the opportunity – to determine for themselves, will we meet on a Christmas that falls on a Sunday yeah. or not? Um, on, another thing that really irks me about Kevin DeYoung's article is we are, we've already noted it was really scant on Scripture reference. And nothing that he argued was rooted in any Scripture, as far yeah. as I could tell. So um, he's supposed to be – now I'm going to overstate this. I sound like somebody in the current political marches. Um, <laughs> I'm going to overstate a little bit. He's, he's supposed to be, and I'm sure he is. A guy with a very high view of Scripture. Yeah. But to me, anytime you elevate a bunch of opinions to the level of Scripture and, and, and tell people this is what you ought to do, um, you're really bringing Scripture down, and you're taking human opinion up, and you're confusing people. Yeah. Now we're not just following Scripture. We're following Scripture and the opinions of this great man. Yeah. Now, I don't want to follow the opinions of a great man. I want to follow Scripture. Mm-hmm. Convince me from Scripture, or I'm not going there with you. And he did not convince me of anything. No, no. Like his point number one was, well, this is just what Christians do. Christians meet on Sunday. Right. Yeah, I know. I know. Which... Well, Christians also drink Coca-Cola. Right. You know? Christians <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. say bad words sometimes. And, right. All right. Uh, what's the deal? That's not an argument. No, it was surprising because I, I agree. I think, again, I mean, I heard Tim Keller at a conference, you know. I mean, many people said he's sort of the heir apparent to a Tim Keller type of guy. I mean, Keller mm. said he thinks he's the most – original, innovative, compelling writer out there. So hmm. trying to give a – Wow. And I hold Keller – Tim Keller. Yeah. yeah. I hold yeah. Keller in the highest regard. Yeah. You know, I think that's a, uh, a very strong endorsement. And uh, I think, you know, DeYoung is an intellectual heavyweight. I think he's a, a sharp guy. This isn't about his inner personal commitment to gospel integrity or, or something like that. I, I don't know what it is. I, I can't psychoanalyze the guy. I have said before, and again, you always struggle with this, but – uh, this is a podcast listened to by Christians, mm-hmm. so and largely, largely within a theological tradition. Um, so I, I'm being careful here. I always think when a person, well, I'm I'm viewing this when I put something out for public consumption, a sermon, article, a book, something, I expect it to be critiqued. critiqued. Yeah. Um, so I, I got to be. There wasn't a private conversation, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I heard him at the Legionnaire Conference a couple of years ago. And that's where I, I really started to notice it. I, I think uh, DeYoung um, preaches a lot of law. Uh, that's, that's my opinion. I think he's a much more law-focused guy. Um, and I don't know what that's about. Theological mm. tradition, background, temperament, I don't know. But uh, <clears throat> just an example, when I hear a guy say something like, yeah, I was driving in my car, and um, you know, one day I was on my way to the church office, and I, I heard an ad about um, – you know, oh, and wait till you hear what the Kardashians are doing. And uh, then he, you know, he, he's such a good communicator, he can deliver it well. And then he goes, and I actually found myself for a split second thinking, oh, I, 
I wonder what the Kardashians are doing. And then it was, I, I caught myself. <laughs> like and, you just sinned or something. Huh? Yes. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. So now just natural curiosity about known celebrity items is somehow no, it's bad. Huh? bad. Mm. And that was his illustration to lead into First John wow. 2. Or, and, wow. uh, you know, his, his the things of the world are passing away. Do not love the world. Um, and I remember thinking. I wonder if he loves football or basketball. Yeah. Does he have any celebrities in yeah, that? Yeah, I know he doesn't like Breaking Bad. Uh, I know that from, oh, really? <laughs> I know that from some, uh, some correspondence. So I can't say I was terribly surprised because my sense is DeYoung's been on a, on a trajectory for a while. As frankly, I think Piper has. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Um, that's, I don't know what that's about. That is much more law oriented. Well, and it's also it's a legalistic tendency in a guy when he wants to legislate where Scripture doesn't, and he wants to legislate not just for himself and his family and his church, but for everybody. He's going to put up a Gospel Coalition article and yeah. legislate you need to meet on that Sunday for everybody when it's just not in Scripture. No. I, I want us to be experts at distinguishing between scripture and everything else, scripture yes. and human opinion, yeah. scripture and and um, you know down with everything else, up with scripture, man. Let's stand Amen, all over man. scripture. Amen. If the Bible says it. Let's be all over. If yeah. The Bible doesn't say it. Shut up. Yes. Mm. And yeah. you know, honestly, uh, if I can, let's talk about the Sabbath issue for a little bit because I know some listeners are, that that are right. Sabbatarian maybe think we're being unfair. This this is just so you know, there is a little theological conditioning behind this as well. Um, the argument I was hearing from, like, Joe Thorne, who we've had on this podcast. Mm-hmm. He's in our network. We love you, Joe. Um, love to debate you if you and, want to. Oh, I would. Would love to bring him on to, to, to have this conversation. Is, uh, you know, and Joe's a big London confession guy, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not, you know, and I know that. But, Steve, you've got a little more awareness well, of that, be. you know, than, uh, than I do. I would say um, <clears throat> this idea that – the set, the Sunday Sabbath is prescribed. I want somebody to biblically prove that. To Show me. me that in the New yeah. Testament. I see it narrated in some scant references in Acts three, four times. First Corinthians sixteen. There's a reference to the offering on the first day of the week. In my opinion, my or let me say my assessment might be a better word. All of those references are descriptive. I think the irony about the the move from the Saturday Sabbath to the Sunday practice and custom of the early church mm-hmm. is an application freedom thing to begin with hmm. because we don't have i i believe and some i'm open to somebody persuading me clear or a, a clarity uh a, a section in scripture that prescribes that day changing mm-hmm. i see that they did i bet i know what the arguments were so for that to all of the sudden become mm-hmm. this kind of binding prescription to me you could just as easily argue, and we should do foot washing. Mm. Yeah. We should do foot washing because that's narrated in Scripture. Came at the most critical time uh, for you know at the Last Supper, John thirteen for mm. the disciples. Uh, but most people would say, well, uh, you know, it's narrated baptism uh, and communion. We get some more detail about it in the epistles, so that sticks for the church. Foot washing doesn't. But the same arguments, in my opinion, you would use for the Sabbath. This Sunday Sabbath has this binding, non-negotiable principle. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. God looks at you on Christmas Eve at 8 p.m., sees you worshiping, sees you praying, sees you singing, and he looks at his watch and says, nope, nope, unless you do it after midnight, it's not legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe after dawn, it's not legit, because that's when Jesus wrote. I'm like, yeah, I, I get why you may have deduced that, and it works for you in your mind, but for you, as you said, see, to legislate that? Yeah. For other churches, other believers? Yeah. No way, man. About Come the on. Sabbath transfer, too. Um, you know, the Sabbath was legislated by Old Testament Scripture to be Saturday, and for centuries it had been so. Yes. For all Jewish people, it was fiercely Saturday. Yes. Then New Testament Christians began worshiping on Sunday. That's a massive shift. It's huge. Say. Especially if Jewish people were involved yeah. in that, to shift them over. But here's another massive shift that didn't happen. Where is the Sabbath transfer the sabbath day change theology in the new testament yes like the apostles would have had a massive job convincing jewish people the sabbath yeah. mm. not just a new day of worship but the sabbath is now sunday yeah where did they ever teach that where's all the literature for that right uh how you know how do they how they lay that down where does paul write to the galatians and say you guys were a bunch of gentiles you don't realize it but there's actually a day called the sabbath right it's on sundays you're yeah. not supposed to work that day right not right. supposed to think your own thoughts or do your own pleasures on that day yeah. and furthermore even if they're even if it was if, if i was convinced the sabbath was on sunday 
I still don't see why that means church has to meet every Sunday necessarily. Mm. I don't need a commandment for that. No. Yeah. You know, and don't forsake the assembling of yourselves isn't a good enough argument for me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I think you can make uh, too a good argument, Steve, that the uh, um, much of the worship on Sunday was in the evening. Oh, I think um, you have a very good argument for that. It was a working day. It was a day. work day. There was yeah. no weekend like yeah. there is now. And that's why it makes sense that Paul preached till midnight that one time. Yes. And the guy, Eudicus fell Eudicus out the fell out dead. They raised him up again. <laughs> Funniest yeah. passage, uh, passage in the book of Acts, uh-huh. I think, uh, except maybe the sons of Sceva. Yeah. And they good. had a meal, the agape. It was yes, the evening yes. meal. Yeah. Yeah. So it, in a sense, like, I mean, so if we want to be as robust, yes. <laughs> should, should not have Sunday morning No service. Sunday morning service. In fact, we shouldn't have We shouldn't we have should weekends. work on Sunday. We should be working. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sunday night, come together for worship. Yes. And so, a meal. Uh, that's why I thought, come on, you guys know. There, there are Christians that will debate this point with you and, and bring the arguments we're trying to bring. Will we persuade? Maybe not. Probably not. Yeah, Those yeah, things. Right. That don't. Same thing. But it should mitigate against, I think, this sort of uh, exhortational, uh, this is what you need to do. And I might be making up the word exhortational. I was thinking exhortative. I don't know. But um, <laughs> this, this imperative that, that is brought uh, is really tricky. But it's the celebrity thing hmm. that I think is behind it. Yeah. And it's concerning. Hmm. And, yeah. and it's tricky because a friend of mine challenged me. I told him I was doing this uh, this week. Actually, it was Matt Smith. So uh, he wouldn't mind me saying that. He's been Hi, on this podcast. Hey, Matt, many times. Um, and I thought it made a compelling case because I was t- kind of – we had dinner last week, and I was saying we were going to do this podcast, and I was saying, yeah, I don't even know about the Ask Pastor John anything anymore. And he was kind of making a point, well, Greg, I mean, he's a respected guy, uh, very wise, biblically saturated man, to use Piper language. Um, what is wrong with getting his opinion? And I said, that's true. Touche. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to do that. I don't know quite what it is. Maybe there has to be more work on the part of the – pastor yes. the celebrity that's what it is to, to go harder at saying i want to be very this is clear just my opinion opinion right. and i have no scripture for this no at which point you ought to just say so i'll shut up Ex- well right right in fact one guy uh who uh is in our church nathan uh when piper wrote that article on the cremation thing or no it was something else i'm sorry it was about technology that was uh, the other one he wrote earlier uh piper's never really um been a big fan of projecting scriptures mm. on, and he has his uh, reasons, etc. Huh. And uh, he got a question, and this guy asked me, "Because Greg, how come his answer wasn't? Well, you know, scripture's silent on this issue, so uh, really doesn't matter. So I'll be silent. Yeah, or I'll be silent. Right. Or I could give you my opinion, but it ain't worth that right. much. Yeah, you know. But it we is. We need guys doing that. I think we need That's guys what doing they need that. to do a lot more. Right. That's just deeply disappointing to me when they don't. Right. Well, yeah. and I think I think the issue is that. You know, Greg, you've said many times that you try not to give application for a couple reasons. Uh-huh. One is um, you've – honest- not good at right. it. <laughs> I mean, and that's one. One is, one is you've honestly stated I'm not good at it. Yeah. But the second is is a very, uh, I think, honest realization that as a pastor in a position of leadership like that, you understand the tendency for people to gravitate toward your opinion oh, sure, sure. and make it their own. Mm-hmm. And so you take something that is very natural, very real, very organic in a in a person like John Piper. That's his personality. I've heard yeah. I've heard Barnabas Piper sure. speak on yeah. you know many issues to his father, and he's like you know that's just my dad. Yeah. You know it's it's not over it's not preachy or it, that's just that's who he is. That's who, who he's pers- that's his personality. But the problem is now you have all these people asking him those questions, and I feel like he is now wrong when, like you guys said, he doesn't wrong. say. Yeah. This is my opinion, or he doesn't just say, you know what, I, I, I hesitate to do that because I know people are going to start following it. Yeah, that's right. For the wrong right. reasons. Say, There's not in scripture, so I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And I can say, I mean, for, to, for whatever degree, Nathan, Twitter is evidence of something, which is strange to say. After the cremation article, I followed a lot of the comments back in the fall or end of the summer on that mm-hmm. just to see what people were saying. And I know for a fact there are people scratching their heads saying, oh, we cremated Uncle Joe for, <laughs> right. for financial reasons. Right. I'm wondering. for the resurrection now? Yes. Right. And I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. Life is hard. People don't need guilt. Yeah. Yeah. People don't need shame. Yeah. Yeah. 
People don't mean, man, I wish I was as godly as John Piper because over this issue of cremation. Yeah. Um, and again, the Bible is silent on it. Right. Yes. It really is silent on right. it. I mean, the best you could get, well. But he'd say, oh, is it really? Is it really? And he'd try to build this like Christian worldview thing. The world Cremation thing. represents that worldview. If yes. you're faithful, um, yes. you're preserving the body represents this worldview. It, it, it's the danger of. Biblical principles, yeah. you know, which is why, you know, uh, that yeah. we had a meme last year going out of uh, Gene Wilder. It's like, really? Tell me your argument without scripture, but lots of scriptural principles. principles. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, which is <laughs> kind of the from the general get, principles of yeah. the yes. word of God. Yes. Based on, you can get anywhere. Anywhere. You should buy a Ford. Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You're a Honda. You One Accord. No, no, not Hondas. Yeah. Right, uh, right, right. Um, yeah, that's the, the issue. And I don't know. It's, it is concerning. Yeah. In this day and age where you have instant access to big names. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think what would be helpful for people, maybe we should do this as an exercise. Try to find hot button issues and get people of all theological stripes and celebrity. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could get a Piper. You could get a, uh, a Beg. You could get a Stephen Furtick. Mm-hmm. You could get a Rick Warren. Well, when that's, this y- get interesting. Yeah, and get all these, like, on, try to get them on cremation, on this issue, and show it. Mm-hmm. So, so what do we do? It's patently obvious that, oh, my word, there's not a consensus yeah. among the Christian church on these issues. Yeah. Hey, that's great. Yeah. That means there can be love and freedom, and I'm not going to judge you because you cremated your father. Right. And hopefully you're not going to judge me because we were more comfortable spending more money burying my father. Right. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, or the, the public school thing, the private school thing, mm-hmm. the homeschool thing we've talked about before. There's just such a danger. Um and I think people, too, crave. I've had people that say, tell me what to do. Yeah. I yeah. just want to yeah. know what to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it, it, a lot of bad things collide. You know what you should do? Yeah. You should enjoy your freedom. Yeah. Yes. Tell, yeah. tell me what to do. Enjoy your freedom well, in Christ. Yes. And to that point, I mean, if, if we're going to, you know, really actually get into Scripture and talk about Scripture, what about the Scripture that talks about not binding one another's conscience? Right, yeah. right, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean Serious, you know, don't you think if you're going to take the Bible so literally and yeah. so prescriptively yeah. that you're going to look at that and say, you know what, I'm going to be super careful on what I say as a Christian celebrity yeah. and what I teach because I want to make sure that I'm not accused of binding someone else's conscience. Right. Yep. But you never hear about that. Nope. No, it's true. And, but – don't you think – I think maybe you've said this before, Steve, uh, which squares with your point, Nathan, on the binding of the conscience, that if you boil down what we have that's absolutely crystal clear, mm-hmm. it's a pretty small – a small list, stuff, isn't, isn't it? it? Yes, it is. Pretty small list. Uh-huh. But you're right. That opens up a life of freedom, mm-hmm. conscience before God. Obviously, I'm saying – I think we – right? I never want to – I mean you never want to encourage somebody to violate their conscience. Right. Now, sometimes the conscience is ill-informed. Mm-hmm. And I think there's – it's that's where you have that, that simultaneous ministry, I think, of, of you honor where the person is. Mm-hmm. And you kind of simultaneously maybe try to help ease that conscience. Mm-hmm. So I got the guy that genuinely thinks, man, Greg, if I, if I, if I have one drop of that alcohol – I am in big trouble. I don't want to push that guy to violate his conscience. Mm-hmm. I, I think the scripture is clear on that. But I don't want to leave that guy in what I think is a false idea. Right. So there's that line of, like, yeah, no, I hear you, man. I hear you. Hey, you know, why don't we talk about that sometime? Educate them, too. Right. And, yeah. and I think that's what Paul's doing. Paul educates the Corinthians. He's educating them mm-hmm. and urging sort of in the meantime. Yes, that's right. Exercise, restraint, patience, right. caution. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty small list, you know, which is freeing. It's yeah. Nice. To yeah. me. I mean, yeah. I, I love being able to tell somebody. I mean, pastorally, Steve, I don't know if you felt this, but when people come to me about you know, their kids and where they're going to college and what they're going to do, I, I feel the freedom to say, you know what I, I love? 10, 15 years ago, I would have thought really hard of giving you a pretty concrete answer. I have nothing for you. Yeah. I, I'll pray for you right now. Yeah. Uh, why don't you ask so me some variables. specific questions? There's so uh, many variables to your kid. And I understand a lot of people say, just tell me what to do. Hmm. It's like, but. No, I'm not going to. You're a sheep. You've got a great shepherd. He's going to lead you. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Well, here's what I, I tell people. You know what? Where did you ever get this idea of you make the quote-unquote wrong decision that he can't bring you back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so go down that path. Find out, oh, this would have been a better path. It's not like the okay. shepherd abandoned you. Adjust. Right. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll, he'll stay with you at any point. So uh, how did this start? Oh, yeah, the, the DeYoung thing. Mm-hmm. Want to be clear because I know how people respond to this. Yeah, I disagree with his position, but I could respect that position. Mm-hmm. I knew of many churches that met 
Dude, your church met. Our church met. Christmas Day. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and we had talked about that before. I, I wasn't there, but our church right. met. <laughs> oh, I yeah. was with my grandchildren, brother. <laughs> yes. First at this house, then at that house, then at that house, yes. then at the other house. Yes. Awesome. Uh-huh. Awesome. And there's uh, – yeah, dude. I, I mean, we, we here had uh, – you were helping a friend move that day. Yeah. So you couldn't be here. We, yeah. we had really good Christmas Eve services here at, at our church where we're, we're podcasting now. Um, good turnout. Saw everybody. And I remember going home that night and said, man, it was good to see everybody. Mm-hmm. hope everybody has an awesome Christmas tomorrow. I think some of our people yeah. went to another church. Probably. Where mm-hmm. they had friends and family. But bulk of our people, I think, were with their kids, grandkids, yeah. having a great time. And uh, I didn't lose an ounce of sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, – just and next Sunday, everybody right. came back and brought next a friend. Next Sunday, everybody came back. And, Steve, I wasn't there as I told you the next Sunday. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. no church for me Christmas Day, New Year's Day, had Sean Nolan preach. That's right. And I had a little time at home with the family and uh, nice. relaxed, and it was, mm-hmm. nice. it was nice. Very nice. Yeah. And, you know, I think, again, it's just – it's. I think it's important that people understand, you know, first and foremost – um, if you know your church is is preaching the gospel and you have godly leaders in your church, um, that's who you should be going to for advice. And I think that's key. You know, that's who you should be going to because that's where Scripture tells us to go. Yeah, and, so, and you're connected organically, right, with those folks. Those are the people in your life that know yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we talked about, and and it's it's absolutely. Um, it's hysterical. I don't mind. I don't mind sharing this story. But um, I was talking with Joy early on in the Christmas season when we realized Christmas was on a Sunday. Yeah, and I said, you know, it, it might be fun to show up and surprise your parents again on Christmas Day. We did that several years ago. I said this could be a fun opportunity to do. And then I, 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 I am so serious. I said, you know, Christmas is on a Sunday. They're going to want to go to church. I don't want to go to their church (laughs) and, and it's, it's no indictment on, you know, visiting other churches, but I said, CFC is my home. It is my family. Uh And if I'm going to go, if we had had church on Sunday, I would have come. If we had had it on Christmas Mm -hmm. Sunday, I would have come. I would have worshiped with my family. I would have been with my family and I would have enjoyed it. It would have been uh, fantastic. Um, But it's like Chris, you know, Christmas day. I want to be with my family on Christmas Day. So when I'm worshiping on a Sunday, I want to be with my family. Dude, but you're almost describing the church relationally. Isn't it an event and a place and a – oh, no. Uh, No, that's actually an interesting point. I'd say I don't – I respect people. I really do. When we go on vacation, a lot of times we get back in the summer and people say, oh, where did you go to church when you are on vacation? We're like, nowhere. Yeah. I hung out with my family Sunday morning, man. We woke up. We had uh, a French very, toast. Very yeah. common. Yeah, we just uh, we sat out. Lisa brought the French press. We had great coffee. Mm-hmm. We sat out by the beach and had a great. Yeah. Did that two Sundays in a row. We're gone for two weeks. Yeah. Um, and part of that, though, dude, I do view it like I, I, I yes, there's a general brotherhood of all right. churches. Right. You know, so yeah, the church that's in Ocean City or Myrtle mm-hmm. Beach is the church, and I could go, and it would be great. It would. But I, I'm more. You're kind of. You are. In one sense, you're kind of crashing another family party. Yeah. Uh, they welcome you, too, so it's, right. it's a cool thing. And I'm just saying, if people want to do that, they find it spiritually beneficial. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Uh, in my case, I just feel like our, our life is a lot of church. Right. And yeah. we're I'm alone as a family. Enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm not really looking for uh, more, just, you know. And uh, If I, just, I take a Sunday off, I'm probably not going to you know, yeah, deny I, the faith. Right. And, Dude, we know where you are, and yeah. it ain't at home. <laughs> it's on that bike of Steve's. Yeah, that's pretty nice. The weather's good. I know what you're doing yeah. on that rare Sunday off, man. Hey, it's, so yeah. this topic we're on, especially the Kevin DeYoung article and whether to have church on that no. Sunday, is, is one example of a larger subject, right? The larger subject is what should pastors keep their nose out of? Uh-huh. What should pastors yeah. say, that is not my business? Yeah. yeah. Do you want some other areas? On yeah, that? Dude. because I think I think to um, to the point. I think there are very specific issues that unless you're going to the pastor one on one and asking very specifically their opinion, they should just keep silent about it. And yeah. that's and that's my view. So Steve, and even probably on those issues, if you named them, probably mm-hmm. I would say even if the if you go to your pastor one on one, he should say. Um, that's for you to decide. Uh-huh. You know, it's your personal business. Yeah. It's my business. Yeah. So I brought a list. How much time do we have? Keep Go going, it, man. Uh, well, one we had already talked about was, do you tell your kids about Santa Claus or not? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, should I mandate that from the pulpit? Nah. No. Yeah. No. That's up to people. They got yeah. to make their minds up I agree. on that. Totally agree. And yeah. I'm not going to stand in the pulpit because there's kids sitting there. You know, yep. they're not all in the children's ministry. Yep. I'm not going to stand in the pulpit and say, well, this or that about Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah. Just... 
ignore it. So how about this one? This is a, I read a Douglas Wilson book, the guy out there in Moscow, Idaho. Uh Sure. And it was on uh, marriage, family. It came out many years ago. And I just remember there was a section in there where he was talking about a certain thing that a husband and wife might do when they're enjoying some private time together. And he said, uh, they have no business doing that. God didn't intend that. I know what you're talking about when Mm -hmm. they're uh, working on a puzzle. I don't remember uh, the puzzle. But no, no, right. no, no, no. No, that's my euphemism. 48 down, yeah. 53 yeah, across. Right, right, yeah. So yeah. I remember reading that and thinking, where did he get that out of Scripture? Yeah, right. And he didn't. No, you don't. It's absolutely not in Scripture. Mm-hmm. You just shut up. Leave the couples alone, man. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, Steve, what you're saying is to stay out of the couple's bedroom. Yes. Mm. Absolutely stay and, out of their bedroom. Yeah, And that can go one or two ways because – I've heard some some preaching on sex and stuff that's uh, online and everything where you've got the pastor almost like weirdly recommending how regular it should be. I'm like, dude, yeah. just shut up, man. That's going to vary so much for various reasons yeah. from family I mean, to family and time to time. And, yeah. why, and I just think, man, when people start doing it and giving these prescriptive kind of recipes for how this is to happen. Yeah, and I agree. People Husband, wife, freaks, together. Man. Now, what I say, I had, I'm sure you have it too, couples talk to me about those kind of que- question mark issues. Yeah. My general answer is the same that you said, Steve, the freedom issue. And I will tell this, it's normally to the guy. If you're pressuring something she ain't jiving right. with, dude, I can say That's pretty confidently, love. that ain't right. love, yeah. man. Yeah. Back off. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, now if there's something bigger happening than that, you know, where the woman's been traumatized. You, right. There might need to be some intensive some counseling help. and some help. Get some therapy. But if this is something like, so what you're saying is you've got a, what you would call a normal uh, sex life and uh, she is uh, uncomfortable with a certain thing. Uh, y- you need to be cool with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, mm-hmm. I'll say that from the standpoint of a pressure point yeah. of view. Right. And I, I'd but, say, but you two talk that out together. Work it out. And to me, when the couple is both at peace, dude, it's none of my business. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Don't That's their, yeah, their, their freedom. Uh, here, here's an interesting one, I think. Can, is it okay for Christians to go to a wedding where the people are going to be unequally yoked after the wedding? Ooh. And then you can up to Annie. Is it okay to go, say, say you have some really good friends and they're gay and they have a wedding. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Can you go to that wedding? Mm-hmm. We've done this one, haven't we? But it's been a while. We talked with Al Trogi. Uh, well, we talked with Al Trogi about the wedding cake one. Um, I don't think we went too much deeper than that. I think we stayed pretty much on the wedding cake. The wedding, so. yeah, the making the wedding cake. Yeah, let's, cake let's start with the first one. Let's start with the unequally yoked one because – to me, I think the second, the homosexuality deals much more – well, I mean they both deal with the conscience, but I think I think that one has a more prominent setting. So let's start with the first one first, and then yeah. we'll jump to the second one. So, Greg, hit it. Uh, good question. I mean the obvious answer is as a pastor, if I was asked to perform, uh, I wouldn't do it. You know, mm-hmm. Steve, an unequally yoked wedding of the guy's a believer and she's an unbeliever and or vice versa. Yeah. No, uh, I would attend – a wedding where there was an unequal I, – I, if I was in a tender, family member, friend, mm-hmm. my thought of that would be uh, – and I think, Steve, you would you would say this. I think I know you on this pretty well. Man, um, maybe in the context of that friendship, it was close enough. We'd have honest conversations about it. But if this is something they want me at, an important, momentous event in their life, I assume that invitation is made out of love. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be a very clear sense, depending on the closeness of the friendship, where I am on that issue – but I'll go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. From the standpoint, I, I can't help but think most people in the family friendship circles aren't thinking too much about my nuanced theology of attending a wedding. It's more seen as a does Greg love you a me or, or does he not? Yeah. Right. And I want to go with love. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we had a young lady in our church who who desperately wanted to be married, and it just wasn't happening. She wasn't meeting a guy, or she meet a guy, it just wouldn't. Wouldn't wouldn't work right, and she finally met a guy at a dance place, swing dance, and and he was a great guy, and she fell in love with him, and she kind of went awol from yeah. the Lord for a little while because she knew she shouldn't do this, but she married him. Yeah. So when she announced that she was going to marry him, a lot of people in what was Trinity Reformed Baptist Church then were saying, "Well, I I, I refuse, I will not go to that wedding." As well. uh-huh. And Debbie and I said, "No, we're going." Yeah. 
we're going. And we went. Uh, you told me this and once. And I'm yeah. really glad we did. Because it, it preserved kept the her relationship. in your life. Yes. yes. And then after they were married, they immediately started attending the church where I got to preach to them. Wow. And to this day, they still do. And he is not yet a believer, but he is a great guy. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad Steve. I went. That's yeah. really cool story. But now if it's a gay marriage, that's another whole story. <laughs> oh, but but the main point I'm after is far be it from me on either of those to legislate for you, one of my mm-hmm. sheep, and say, yeah. no, you should not go to that wedding. You should not go to that mm-hmm. wedding. I'm going to say, here's some things to think about. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to make a decision. Agreed. Can I, can I just say on both of those issues, I believe very firmly that if I'm being invited to a wedding, and I, and I know it, it doesn't matter whether they're unequally yoked or they're homosexual – if if I'm getting an invitation from them directly, I would hope it's because we're close enough friends that they know me well enough. They know where I stand. Right. Yes. So what exactly. good is it going to mean exactly. for me to do to sit there and say, no, I can't because I'm violating this and I'm violating that. You're you're not causing me to sin. And this is yep. how I'm looking. You're not causing me to sin because of what you're doing. You're sinning, but you're not causing me to sin because of what you're doing. And I would rather keep that line open and keep that communication open. Now, yeah. if it's if it's let's say they're younger and it's their their parents sending the invitation because their parents. Now that I might I might think about simply because it, they really don't want me at the wedding. You want me at the wedding. And, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I would have no problem in that context. But if I'm mm-hmm. getting an invitation from the people directly, it says something about right. about our relationship. Yeah. Right. And it says, okay, yeah, I, I know you disagree with me, but I also – I know you love me and I know that you want to be in my life. I want to be in your life. I, I would like you to come even mm-hmm. though I know you disagree right. with me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so for me, I have absolutely no problem on either one of those no. saying, you yeah. know what? I, I'd love to. Yeah. I would I would love to attend not not the ceremony because let's let's be real. At the end of the day, can't we apply – the the homosexual marriage in the same context as eating Zeus meat uh-huh. it's it's not a marriage yeah. well I mean, dude you you were <laughs> that uh, Nathan you would have we were out because um, Ivan said we should have put a microphone uh, on a Dutcher Smith dinner uh, uh-huh. Lisa and I and Matt and Tracy were out before Christmas some some night and this issue came up mm-hmm. now the irony I don't mind saying it is Tracy and I were probably a little more on the uh, on the the side of what you just said, mm-hmm. and Lisa, my dear wife, and Matt were a little more uh, allied together. Mm-hmm. But nobody was dogmatic. It, right. we, we were kind of pl- so. I think one of the first things we said is, uh, "Yeah, the conscience." I mm-hmm. would say to any Christian, "Look, if it really is a conscience issue, it's kind of, you don't want to violate your conscience." Right. I'm not pushing anybody to violate their conscience. Oh, absolutely. Somebody yeah. goes and they think, "If I'm going there, I'm doing a horrible, despicable thing." Obviously, the caveat to this is we're exploring it to see if it is a horrible, despicable thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I'm not saying, yeah, I'm going to go even though I know uh, I'm really sinning against God. Nobody's right. saying that. The question is, is it necessarily? Right. I kind of, Nathan, took your point. I thought, well, there isn't such a thing as, as gay marriage. Right. Um, I mean, people call it that. Right. It, it doesn't exist. A marriage has already been defined, right? right. One man, one woman, by God, uh, together for life. Uh, God's defined that, you know, right, at, right out of the gate. So uh, I'm trying to think if somebody that – gosh, this – well, I've already started. Maybe we can take it out in the post because <laughs> um, this is not quite what I wanted it to sound like. But if somebody said, hey, uh, me and my imaginary friend are uh, being honored with a significant award uh, and I want you to come because you're an important person in my life, the reason that analogy breaks down – that's a person with mental illness, uh, and I'm not trying. I'm not trying to equate the same. Right. Obviously, I hope right. that goes without saying. I'm making the point that, to the degree that the person doing the inviting mm-hmm. is telling you, "Man, Steve, I, I like you. You're cool, man. You've always been kind to me, and I got a big thing going on in my life. Yeah, and I want you because I love you to be there. Man, isn't that a hard thing That's pretty to powerful. just to say? Yeah. No, I, I. I, I, I and my, that's tricky. And my big thing here in this, yeah. the, you know, the place where I've got some skin in this is, uh, so I'm a pastor. So, so somebody comes to me in my church and they say, uh, you know, my cousins get married. It's going to be unequally yoked or my cousins get married and it's a gay wedding. Should I go? Yeah. I'm going to say to them, well, what's the Bible say? Yeah. And they're going to say, well, uh, nothing. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. The Bible nowhere says you may go to this wedding. You may not go to that wedding. Right. It doesn't yeah. say that. You're arguing so, again from principles. Yeah. So, so what's the scripture say? Well, right. nothing. Okay. Well then 
uh, nothing. Right. 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 You right. get to decide then. Yeah. You get to decide. Get I to say decide. that a lot of times. You get to decide that. Yeah. You get, you see, I wish Kevin DeYoung would do that. I agree. Your church gets to decide whether you're going to meet on that yeah, Christmas. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You get to decide because Scripture doesn't say. Right? Yeah. We need to become experts at that. Uh, uh, dude, well said. I think I really that's a... That. That's that's a great point. To me, and I'm more concerned, Steve, even the, the final decision people make, I think you kind of alluded to this earlier, I want to know people are wrestling with the right things. Yeah. Yes. No matter where they land, yes. that they're factoring those yeah. things. Yes. If you land not going, just make – that's fine. Yeah. Make sure you've wrestled through the love yes. issue. That's mm-hmm. right. You need it, to consider – I'd consider this, this, this if I were you. Yeah. But you get to decide. Yeah, and, and the yeah. person says, no, I want to go. It's like, well, make sure you consider the whatever, the example issue, the – are you endorsing this like you think it's what God wants? Wrestle mm-hmm. through that. Just yeah. ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. Wrestle. Seek out people. Um, and it's. But I love that Francis Schaeffer quote, right? Love is the final apologetic. Yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. That sticks with me. Yeah. yeah. Something about that I just Because think, by man, this wall, men know that you are – that the Father sent the Son yeah. and that you are my disciple. And, and guys, I'll throw it out personal here, but Lisa and I talk about this all the time. I don't know the future. My own kids, et cetera. Man. Whatever choices my kids make, I didn't expect to get emotional tonight here, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to talk over it. If 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 something ever blocked, even in their minds, them from kind of receiving my love and affection, mm-hmm. dude, just take me out and that's shoot awful. me, man. Yeah. I just that's the most unthinkable thought to me. Mm-hmm. You know, so for us, it's more theoretical in this studio here tonight. Mm-hmm. Parents have to wrestle with some of this stuff, and man, I just I like what you decide. Mm. You decide, and you know what I think. The thing we say is when it is an area that the Bible isn't thus saith the Lord on, and whatever you decide, I'm going to love you. Yeah, I'm going to back you, and on I'm going to back you on it. You get to decide, and you get to decide it, and I'm yeah, not going to. You don't have to worry you. about me coming back saying, you know, you should have uh, done X, Y, and if Z. If other people attack you, I'll stay with you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. You want some more? Yeah, yeah man. Let's let's do this great. Yeah. More. I love no, what Steve's doing do here, man. Here's one more that's related to those two. Yeah. Okay. This is. I'll just go ahead and come out. This is. This is my life. So Debbie and I are blessed to have four sons naturally born to us and a foster son, five boys. Um, one of them is not a, is not a Christ follower. Uh-huh. He's absolutely sweet to us. He's so nice to us. We love him so much. And uh, he lives with his girlfriend uh-huh. down in Baltimore City. They live together. Mm-hmm. So you know, which is biblically wrong. Mm-hmm. He knows. I believe that's wrong. Sure. He knows that. He's raised at our home. Sure. So so we're going on vacation, and I want all my sons to be there, and the others are all bringing their wife. So do I tell this son you can bring her? And you guys will have your own room, and you'll sleep together uh, in our vacation home that I'm providing. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that okay? Well, Debbie and I determined, yeah, it's absolutely okay. Uh-huh. He's he's our son. Yeah. We love him, and we love her, right. and we want them to come. Yeah. And they know I'm not endorsing something about a lifestyle. They know yeah. I think they ought to get married and so on. But but if a couple comes into in, in my church and says, and it's happened, you know, we're going on vacation, and there's so and so, and then you know they're not wed, and what can, can we invite them? Yeah. Again, I want to say. That's your decision. Right. Yeah. It's right. not yeah. up to me. Yeah. People want yeah. the pastor to pontificate. I know. I know. Yeah. And it's tricky because they might say, have you ever had anything happen like that, Stephen? You have. I have. And yeah. you've, you've made your own personal decision. Yeah. And I think you can – I think you're fine to tell them why. Yeah. Say, look, this is, what I, this is what I thought through and I wrestled yeah. through. I've been in that spot, person in my life, very close to. Um, it grabbed me, uh, wanted help moving in. To his girlfriend's place uh, about uh, six months before they got married. Just say that. Very close to this person. And um, there was a slight pause. I thought, man, like it's weird when you're moving stuff into the bedroom, <laughs> in, yes. you know, that share. Hmm, they're going to be in you're, here, aren't they? You're like putting, you know, hey, what's this? Oh, this is my underwear. It's going to, yeah, we're going to uh, share the drawer. And you're like, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, again, I just, I, I, I do. I kind of, for me, I'm big on that love is the final apologetic thing. Yeah, man. And I'd like to know that they think, I actually think that the, the win, I think you hinted at this earlier, Nathan. When they know or suspect this might be something Greg doesn't dig and you show up to love and support, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I mean, they won't always know that because right. if they really knew that, they might be, hey, I don't even want to ask to put him in the difficult spot. Right. That's cool, too. Yeah. That's them loving you back. But um, that's the ideal. If they right. kind of discover, well, I bet that was really hard. Right. They had to think through that, but they chose me because they love me. 
I, I don't mind yeah. falling on that sword. Right. Yeah. Hundred yeah, times like, over. How am I more likely going to influence my son and his girlfriend toward Christ? Yeah. If I say to them, "No, you may not come on vacation with us because you're sinners. You're living in sin." And yeah. is that, that going to you know, endear them to Christ? Or if right. I say, "Man, we love you so much. Yeah. We want yeah. you to come along." Hard question, Steve. I'll I'll stay on this. Say I think it's safe. Say one of your boys was gay. Yeah. And has a living significant other. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I know you well enough, and you you you've pretty much said it. Uh, it's Thanksgiving. They're coming to the house. What? What? They can't come to the house. Yeah, that'd be they, awful. No way, man. Yeah, they can come. I mean, I mean, I, they're going to know where I stand on it. Yeah. Right. But I want to love that. So I want to love that friend. Yeah. And if I start ruling out sinners, oh yeah, nobody's I was coming. Gonna say, right. right. And yeah. I can't be yeah. there. Well, well, Jesus did that. Though. Didn't he vet all those people <laughs> in those houses that he was partying? He vetted them for. Now wait a minute. You're not a sinner, are you? Does this guy have a scandalous uh-huh. background? Does your, right. is, does is your is eye he, ever want? Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is it, uh. And sometimes you, I, I wonder if we could see a videotape of the things Jesus was around. Oh man. The things that yeah. were heard oh, yeah. and said. Yeah. The saucy comments. Yeah. The. Yeah. When he's hanging out with tax gatherers. And, yeah. I mean, it took some rough and tumble oh, guys. Yeah. I've wondered that even with the disciples mm-hmm. themselves. Sometimes we, we stain glass them all in our memory. And did Jesus tell the people, don't say those words in my presence? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, so. yeah. yeah I, I, I think we'd be pretty shocked. Can we, you know, can we say one more thing to the, to all these two? Like, I, I think many of these are going to be situational as well. I don't think there is a one-size-fits-all answer all the time. I think, I think a lot of it is going to Very be situational good. because you are going to look at things in a certain light with a certain person who you have a certain relationship with um, and make those decisions. You know, it's yep. not always going to be in this situation at I all agree. times. Yeah. I will always do this. Yeah, that's right. It's, you know what, in this situation, my conscience is not bothered by this. And so, yeah, I, I think that would be okay. In this situation, because of the circumstances, I, I'm not okay with it. Yeah. Yes. And so I, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Again, that's why it's important Great. to say to these people that you're counseling, you know, they say, should I do it, go or should I not go? You say, well, whatever your decision is, I'll back you. Yes. Mm-hmm. You go yes. either way. I'm going to back you. Yep. Because yeah. you have liberty here. I love liberty. Yeah. I love liberty, man. Hey, a couple more quick ones if I can squeeze them in. Yeah. Sure. Like, it is absolutely, I'll just give my opinion. No, I should ask. I should ask, and you guys should answer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, should pastors guide people? How should pastors guide or not guide people in determining what movies they will or not watch? <laughs> Like I'm aware of, you know, yeah. no Christian should ever see an R rated movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. You know, I. I think again, you know, we we very um, we very clearly have liberty and freedom in this. You know, the Bible is not not does not speak on this. I will say this, however, though, I think these conversations are best made in relationships with people because uh, I've said it on the podcast before. Greg knows my background. Um, I've had a terrible time with pornography in my life. Uh-huh. I would hope that uh, and and. Uh, Greg is, I feel, has the freedom to watch a lot more things uh, than I do because of that. And and so I would hope that as my brother, as my friend, Greg would um, help scrutinize some of those things. Uh-huh. So, you know, if Greg's seen something and he's like, hey, Nathan, you really uh, – you, you may want to check this out. But, but I want to give you a heads up. There's a scene. There's huh? a scene in here. So, yeah. so just be aware of that as you're watching it. To me – that's that's love and grace right there. Yeah. You know, that nice. my brother's watching out for me. He knows that this is my struggle, and he's throwing that out. He's not telling me I should or shouldn't watch it, but he's saying, I, you know, I know where you've been in your life, and so I want to throw this up there for you just to let you know that this might be an issue for you. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and to me, that's – that's how we interact with one another is in those relationships. I know, I know my friend, I know my brother in Christ well enough to, to say, yeah, I know you'd like this movie, but I, I want to throw that out there to you. Yeah. Yep. You're going to encounter this. So, so just watch out, you know, if, you know, if you need to fast forward it or Hey, if, if you want to wait and we can sit down and watch it together and I'll tell you when to leave the room sure. and when mm-hmm. to come back, yeah. yep. you know, to me that, that speaks volumes yeah. to the relationships that we're supposed to have as brothers in Christ. See, that's so sane compared yeah. to what – maybe – do you guys stay updated with uh, the Fundy Lands He's Read podcast? I haven't. I haven't listened to him for I, a while. I, I see they're so funny. I can't yeah. resist. So I, yeah. I listened to those, and they were talking recently about a, a church one of them was part of where uh, if you wanted to go see a movie, you had to check with the pastor first, and he would approve or disapprove the movie wow. you wanted to see. Wow. 
Mm. Wow. See, I just think that is reprehensible, it's man. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's pastors, almost – Is the like pastor – Taking power to themselves. Yeah, and, and is he like a like disembodied conscience that everybody – Yeah, something. the oracle yeah. that you seek out. Uh, crazy. Give me yeah, a break. Crazy. And I, I like that you're in the context of relationships. You'll know. Yeah. You'll know the guys. Hey, Nathan's told me in, in a close friendship, mm-hmm. hey, this was an area of struggle. And sometimes guys will talk. It's this that really gets me and more than this, mm-hmm. you know, and they get nuanced about it. And not everybody's going to do that. But if a person does, you can be a tremendous ally to that friend mm-hmm. and say, hey, I'm pretty sure that might trip you up yeah. and, and take you to a place you don't want to go to. Yeah. Um, and it's, it varies from person to person. What I think, dude, is to me, my thought on that is I'd say you better be all or nothing because I am so tired of people. And we talked about this with the popcorn yes. theology yes. guys. Lauding. Saving Private Ryan, which I think is a great movie. I just saw it again recently. <laughs> Lauding these great classic war movies, Schindler's List. That yes, it it has some language and some nudity, but it's got these. Redi- to me, it's like you know what? Go all or nothing. All or nothing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because Saving Private Ryan, I double checked, has the f bomb in it several times. Has the Lord's name in vain is used in Saving Private mm-hmm. Ryan. And, and I know people that. that will passionately tell you you're wrong to see a Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> you're wrong to see The Hateful Eight, dude. Uh-huh. You are dead wrong to see that because it's got this and that. And then you say, now what about Saving Private Ryan? Well, that's different. Mm-hmm. And I'm, Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. The Lord's name in vain is used right. in that movie. Right. We've got a violation of a command, we would say. Right. So, let's just, so to me, unless you're going to go all out Amish, Throw out the TV, the DVD player, and all that. At least I'd say, well, you're consistent. Right. You're, you're yeah. getting away from all of it. But when you start playing these relative games, I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah. Right. Come and, on. And I don't want pastors making lists for people. No, me either. I, I mean, if I show up in a church, Debbie and I are church shopping, and I find out the pastor makes lists, I'm going to punch him. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to punch him in the dude, face. Just <laughs> well, fun. He's going to make me dude, mad. I can say – Sometimes, too, we almost get too apocalyptic about it. Like, okay, you saw a movie that you thought, and then at the end you were kind of disturbed by it. So what? Yeah, like, I it, mean, I mean, I, tomorrow you're yeah, going to be down I mean, on right. the block yeah, or something. Yeah, I mean, or? I would say, at least I've watched movies sometimes, man, you know what? We didn't, I wish we hadn't watched that. Sure. It was kind of just mm. felt, ugh, what we've done. That's happened before, but it, the world doesn't end. Yeah, you're right. You're not selling yourself into yeah. in, 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 into the, you know, uh, European, you know, sex trafficking or something like that. You say, sure. man, that's a movie I wish I hadn't seen. You go, so I think sometimes we get so apocalyptic about things. I remember that's what uh, Mark Dever said, ironically, before gay marriage was basically passed by the Supreme Court, which we did last summer mm-hmm. um, as our podcast. I remember he urged pastors, and I thought this was a good point. He said, just don't be too apocalyptic about it. Yeah, and his point was, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. Good for him. Man. It was really good because he said, "And if it passes, what? If it passes, what? Yeah. Well, it did. Yeah. And is the gospel now? Yeah. We, we can't preach it, and we can't oh, love people. A lot people. of people were really going right. apocalyptic. Like, oh yeah, you know. yeah. But it happened, yeah. and what? Yeah. Right. So it wasn't the end of America yet, was yeah. it? How about this one? Um, can pastors dictate what methods of counseling? people may partake of or not partake of <laughs> like like there are churches that would say they'll, they'll dictate for you you may go to a counselor but they have to be a newthetic counselor they have counselor. to have that on their shingle or something what do you guys think about that here at cfc if they see me we say you have to be a pathetic counselor <laughs> is that dude is that different are you starting a new yeah i'm doing counseling? pathetic do counseling <laughs> yes does that mean there's a lot of pathos yeah. in it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I same same thing, dude. I'm like, I, yeah, I I know. It, it, well, a lot of that I did embrace some of that. This is yeah, the right too. kind of. This is the only type you can I've do. Been delivered. Sort of thing. Yeah, and I'm sort of you know. Let's be honest. What does the Bible say about Nuthetica? You got a couple of Greek words. You build yeah. an entire you build a whole case, entire basically <laughs> yeah. form of psychology, yeah. which is, in my opinion, you can argue from the general principles and the worldview thing again. If yes, you want to, but yes. come on, and you get there. And, and, and again, no. as you would probably say, Nathan, quickly, there's no one size fits all. Yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. you with that ought to go to a Nuthetic counselor. Right. Maybe yeah. you with that ought to go see somebody who's not even a yeah. Christian. And yeah, you know. dude, a uh, buddy of mine in seminary who ironically went to Cub Hill Presbyterian years earlier, uh, which you, you mentioned, said uh, he was part of this little impromptu skit they did. didn't go over super well uh, with some of the profs, but they did a skit called hyper Counseling. And uh, <laughs> so funny, man. The guy comes in. <laughs> like, yes, how can I help you Yes, today? what's your sin? Yes, and the guy says, well, you know, I've just been – I guess there's a – just kind of – I'm just not feeling like really content in my marriage and 
not cheating, but just go home. I'm not real happy. And the guy's, mm-hmm. And then there's a pause, and he's like, Peter hung upside down on a cross. Uh, <laughs> 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 he just starts berating the guy uh-huh. with just <laughs> commands. Hyper Hyper-nuthetic counseling. Counseling. That's and, what we uh, need. Yeah, right, right. Right there. That's yeah. awesome. I got one more on my little list here, all right? Yeah. How about uh, – Maybe, have you covered this in this podcast ever? School choices for your children. Yeah, we've. I yep. think on the schooling thing. Yep. All right. Yep. Yeah. Homeschool, yep. private school, public school. Yeah. Take total total freedom. Depending issue. on your kid, yeah. their needs. I've said from the front here, Nathan. I think in a while that to me, a healthy community group, a healthy pew, as they say, or yep. row or aisle in your church, or I guess row more accurately. Yeah. Uh, you'd uh, you'd have Democrats, Libertarians, Republicans, capitalists. Socialist, I don't care, uh, that are all sitting on that row. Some send them to the private school. Some send them to Catholic school. Some send them to, uh, you know, or some are homeschooled. Yep. Some are public schooled. And, you know, it's pretty cool. Pretty and cool. I even say, you guys can go out to lunch and, and have some impassioned discussion on why you choose what you choose. Yeah. yeah. As long as you break and at the end and say, and love each other. Love you, man. Yeah. I, I care about that's you. Right. I think it's a healthy sign. But there are churches that will you yeah. legislate. You can only send your kids to this Christian oh, school. Oh, yeah. 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 You're sending if you hand them over to the state. Yeah. That, my father had a dear friend, used to come into your store. Yeah. The guy I've talked about before. Yes. Who was in, uh, yes. who was going to be a, a priest. Mm-hmm. He was in Catholic seminary. Yep. And uh, he started down the road. And uh, in his town in upstate New York at the time, um, that priest was particularly passionate about their parochial school and how you have to go there. Your good Catholics will send their kids to this school. Actually, to the point, my father's friend said, and I'm getting this secondhand, that it was a sin if you didn't. Hmm. Why would you not take advantage of this opportunity that's afforded you? Uh, then the uh, population boom in that town was such, they had no more room for enrollment. Huh. It wasn't a sin anymore. <laughs> that is what jaded him. You're yeah. This is hindered. his story. All of a sudden, now it's okay. Yeah. If you have to send them to another school, public oh, school, another yeah. private school. So that, you know, I'm just saying it, we're giving kind of, Protestant evangelical examples it just happens in so right. many places. Um, yeah, man. And I would say it tends to happen when you say this is safe to say. I, I don't think I'm going to rock the boat too much. That tends to be a tends to be a homeschool thing where churches yes. will develop a homeschool yeah, culture. If you ever listen to Ted Cluck, mm-hmm. uh, he seems to be in a pretty cool church in that he's like the only public school family yeah. in his church. Huh. And everybody homeschools. Homeschool. And he says, yeah. but they're pretty cool with them. Yeah. Hmm. And I said, that's probably the exception than the rule. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's so easy to let that culture yeah. set in. And remember, that's all that goofy Gary Ezzo stuff, the growing kids God's way. Mm-hmm. In the higher levels of that stuff, and that's been well documented, they would tell leaders in the group, you don't let your uh, GFI kids, or Growing Families International or Growing Kids God's Way, play with like non, oh, non-growing kids. Because mm. they're... They, they're, they're animals. They're barbarians. They've got totally, you know, they don't know. Separatism. Yeah. They don't know that the Bible is clear that you should have carpet time where you just sit on a carpet for 30 minutes. Like, you know, it's said in Second Corinthians 4. Yeah. Right Wait, there. it doesn't say that. Um, so, so, so the big deal in all this for me is the common denominator in all this is pastors need to stay out of things that aren't their business. Yeah. And they need to yeah. teach people that you have freedom in those areas. You get to make decisions. I'm with you. I'll, I'll back you. I'll pray for you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll often say to them, Hey, if you don't mind, once you made a decision, tell me. I'm just curious to know which way you decide. Yes. But, you know what I love what you said, do. Steve? You're, you're urging people to use the freedom. Because I've said, I think I said that, Nathan, when we did the Galatians series. Mm-hmm. There is such a thing as what I call weak hypothetical freedom. Yeah. Where, in other words, churches will take it really, really careful. Like, well, that's a freedom issue. But. But <laughs> right. in this church, we're going to live in this very strict way. We'll igno- so I always say. It's freedom. It, I'll tell you what it's like. The, uh, the example I gave, you're in prison, and all of a sudden, you know, the governor commutes your sentence. The guard comes by and opens the, uh, the door. He says, hey, walk out of the cell. And you're like, we are, I'm going to stay in the cell because yeah. there, there might be some other prisoners that don't like that I'm free. There might be some people in the neighborhood that aren't. So I, I am free. I am free, but I'm going to choose to stay here. I'm like, that's a hypothetical freedom, and I'd like to see a little more push. Yeah. yeah. Use that freedom. Real freedom. Use that freedom. 
Use yeah. it to serve God, to too, love people. Too many pastors have big butts. Yeah. <laughs> they say, you have freedom. Yes. But. Yes. Yeah. Big butts. And I think, Steve, I don't like those big butts, and I cannot lie. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, we're going to come up with our own. Uh, have we ended this long podcast, Nathan, with a reference to St. Sir Mix-a-Lot? I think so. <laughs> I think Sir Mix-a-Lot has gotten there. That's Who is Sir Mix-a-Lot? That's, uh, he's the guy that did that song, I Like Big, Big Butts, Butts and yeah. I Can't Deny. You know? Oh, all right. I don't even yeah. know that song. Yeah. Right. Oh, you don't? No. So we'll make that Debbie, our outgoing music. No, Debbie makes a list of what music I may listen to. Okay. And, and that's, uh, right, right. That's good. So you go to her for freedom and that's she restrains you. Yes. That's, that's not good. legalism. Yeah. That's godly that's, counseling. That's wisdom. Yeah. yeah well, everything we're saying when it comes to what makes uh, your wife happy, just that's more important. Um, so, yeah. Very good. Uh, well, this has been great, guys. Awesome. I'm so glad. You know, this Love is, having you, Steve. As, as our listeners can probably tell, this has been a long time brewing and yes. bubbling. Yes. Um, and so this was this was cathartic to get was, this all man. out here. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to do another one where I, I rant about other things. Yeah. This is our new podcast, The Unhappy Rant. The Unhappy Rant. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's great. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much. We're going to go ahead and sign off now. We just rocked the Casbah. Freedom style. These go to 11.